You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. The Green Desk with Sustainable Simon. Watercare's Central Interceptor Project is the biggest wastewater infrastructure project in New Zealand history. You might have heard about it because it is a whopping 14.7 kilometre underground tunnel. It runs from Mangare Wastewater Treatment Plant all the way to Greylin. It's set to significantly improve the health of inner city waterways by preventing wet weather overflows and should be completed by 2026. The tunnel boring machine, otherwise known as Hiwa Itirangi, has just reached an important milestone, having travelled two kilometres underground. She's now heading towards the Monaco Harbour. This week on The Green Desk, I caught up with Shane Kunis. He's Watercare Central Interceptor's Executive Programme Director. And we just talked a little bit about the project and what, I guess, sustainable construction looks like in a project of this size. Here we are now. So to start off with, can you begin by giving me an overview of where the project is at currently and this two kilometre milestone that you've reached? So we've been tunnelling uh, for just on a year now. Uh, the Central Interceptor is a 14.7 kilometre tunnel running from Greyland down to Mangere. And uh, we've just hit, gone through the two kilometre mark and we're, we're getting near uh, the, the foreshore of the Manukau Harbour. And obviously we then crossed the Manukau Harbour and come out of Hillsborough. Tunnelling underwater is a, a very unique thing in New Zealand. We don't do it very often. Uh, and we generally haven't done it of this length uh, for a very long time. Um, it does come with a unique set of risks because obviously, you know, you've got a large water body, body above you. So um, it's just an exciting time for the project. The project itself is a $1.2 billion project designed to uh, clean up inner city waterways and, and improve uh, water, uh, the harbour quality through taking um, combined wastewater and stormwater uh, down to the Mangere Wastewater Treatment Plant where it can be treated and then discharged. But now, uh, part of the pun, we can see light at the end of the tunnel and uh, our tunnelling machine's going full steam ahead, so it's, it's a really great great time for us. Obviously this is a massive job um, and I wanted to uh, focus specifically today as we talk on some environmental moves you're making on the ground as the project goes along. Could you tell me about the e-trucks that have just arrived? What, what do those look like and when are you going to get them on the road? So one of the initiatives that we wanted to try is, is around the use of e-trucks for taking spoil from our sites uh, out to Pukatudu Island. Um, hasn't been done on this scale on the roads uh, in the past, and obviously electric vehicles are, are a growing thing. And one of the things about Central Interceptor, because of the size and scale, we have the opportunity to do a number of these initiatives that you know often you don't on smaller duration projects. And it's all about you know proving points and leaving a legacy because we think this is the way construction needs to go. So the electric trucks have just arrived from China. Uh, Obviously, they were delayed by the recent events over there around the the shutdown of Shanghai. They're currently getting uh, fitted out so they they can go on the road and then they'll get wrapped. And then it'll be later this year when they'll actually be out on on the roads delivering spoil. So it's it's a really exciting time. We got a significant grant from ICA. Uh, And I I think this is, as I say, it's it's a way the construction industry can go to, uh, you know, removing uh, diesel trucks from the road. Obviously, they're a lot quieter. You know, we're in residential areas where noise is a problem. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to see these these going going into service. And along with that, uh, 
inside the tunnel to get the, the workforce uh, from uh, the site up to the, the front of the tunnel boring machine, we actually have electric uh, trains inside the tunnel. Um, typically they'll be diesel, but again, we made a decision based on environmental reasons uh, to go with an electric-based uh, locomotive, and um, they've been really, really successful. So it's a, it's a whole-of-life uh, approach to this project of, of the things that we can do to leave a better environment. Because at its core, this is an environmental project. Yeah, yeah. And and let's talk a little further about that and about the water recycling plant. Can you tell me what you're doing to use wastewater in construction? So the launch site for the tunnel boring machine is at the Mullery Wastewater Treatment Plant. And one, as other part of my role is I'm actually on uh, the Water Research Foundation in, in the United States, which is the leading research foundation of water, and a large chunk of it is around wastewater reuse because the world is running out of clean drinking water and a number of communities are going to you know, reusing wastewater. And when we were looking at the amount of water that the tunnel boring machine uses every day, we thought, why wouldn't we try uh, to to use wastewater rather than using potable water. Obviously, in, in 2019, 2020, Auckland was in a drought, so we we're under significant pressure to reduce our water use. And so we're, we're in the throes of uh, building this wastewater reuse plant, and it will start the journey, uh, because I think New Zealand will, will ultimately end up in the position where we have to consider wastewater reuse um, as a water source, uh, whether indirect or direct. But the only way that you can get the public on side is to actually start using it. And so one of the great ways that we can use it is to supply the tunnel boring machine, not use potable water, uh, and uh, start to look at how this technology works. And we've got this endless stream of wastewater at the Mangari Wastewater Treatment Plant. So it's it's a great opportunity that very rarely comes along. Yeah, and, and let's talk about wastewater a little further and about drinking water, which you did just touch on there. Um, I believe you're running a trial for turning treated wastewater into drinking water. Can you tell me about that, um, when that's kicking off and if it's been done in New Zealand before? So along with providing water to the, the tunnel boring machine, which doesn't have to be drinking water quality, so it needs to be safe, but it doesn't need to be potable, Talking to the other engineers within Warcare, we decided that we'd, we'd put in a side street treatment as part of this plant and actually see what it would take to produce drinking water quality you know, from wastewater. That, uh, that'll be commissioned after we get the, the main reuse plant up and running because that's even further processing required to demonstrate uh, that it's you know, obviously safe to drink. But again, it's just part of improving our knowledge of how, the, how it would work if we were to go down that path. Obviously, we ask people to be water-wise. You know, we treat water as a tonga, and it's very, very precious to us, and we want to use every every drop wisely. And wastewater reuse is, is the option of last resort, effectively, and so communities around the world are going that way because they've got no other fresh water supplies. So we're just starting our education. We're starting the journey. Um, it's by no means certain that New Zealand will ever use uh, wastewater as, as a drinking water supply, but we can use it for so many other things so that we can protect our water sources going forward into the future. Yeah, and finally, can we talk a little bit about the Marae Laundry, which I believe is a bit of a business venture that started up there. Obviously, you've got a huge number of workers or a big team on the ground that all need to be dressed every day in their overalls. Um, so tell me a little bit about that initiative and how that's working. 
So again, this is part of our legacy that we want to leave the people of Auckland. Uh, one of the things we picked up, and actually we picked it up from the UK, is that workers, uh, construction workers aren't allowed to get on public transport in their work clothes because of, um, you know, people don't like it. Um, and also they were taking contaminants home to their families and uh, we didn't think that was a, was a good idea. So what we, we set about was creating a laundry where our, our team could get freshly laundered PPE uh, and get to work and work in clean clothes because if people work in clean clothes, they're, they're feeling better about themselves. But the, the key difference we did was we looked around how we could create a business opportunity for the local marae, for Makarau marae, and we went into a partnership with them so that um, when we leave as a project, we'll be handing them a thriving business where they can actually go out into other parts of the community and offer their services. And, I, you know, it's providing um, jobs for the marae. Uh, it's demonstrating, you know, what can be possible as small businesses. Uh, we're getting the benefit because our staff are, you know, coming to work in, in fresh clothes. They're not taking dirty clothes home to their, their families and saying, you, you know, I need to get this clean. Um, so it's, a, it's, you know, another bad pun is it's a win-win situation for everyone involved. And it demonstrates that what you can do as part of a construction project rather than just you know, the bare minimum. It's, it's, it's thinking of a whole life cycle of a solution and benefiting more than just, um, you know, building an asset. Um, we're changing people's lives and, and that's ultimately the legacy we want to leave. That was Shane Kunis, Water Care Central Interceptors Executive Program Director, talking to me about their project and a little bit about, I guess, what we could call sustainable construction. That's it for The Green Desk this week. Thanks for tuning in. Matewa. That was The Green Desk. Thanks to the Monaco Beautification Charitable Trust. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.